Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 56. I'm your host, M. With me is regular host, Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. And special third chair slash returning co-host, Destiny. It's me. Destiny. Yeah. And then you go wahoo Destiny. and you jump out of a pipe, right? Threat neutralized. Yeah. Threat neutralized. <laughs> yes, thanks, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. How is everybody doing? This episode will come out right before Thanksgiving. Jackson, you don't have Thanksgiving. Instead, you have to move. This has just made me feel so old because we did the bit about me discovering Thanksgiving two years ago. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I did. And that wasn't, and we were like fairly deep into the podcast then. So yeah, no. uh, <sighs> I, I missed the first year of us doing a Thanksgiving episode to talk about Thanksgiving at all. I don't know how that happened. Oh, right. You've been getting back through time yeah i've been listening to old podcasts which you can totally do our podcast evergreen go to abnormalmapping.com or abnormalmapping on itunes and check out our old podcasts i recommend uh the one about the uh david cage games i think it's really good it's destiny's first time on the podcast if i remember correctly it is wow like tears in heavy rain god damn it jackson (laughs) how are you doing you're about to move how does that feel (laughs) fucking awful i hate it i hate all things uh moving is bad don't ever do it in fact i recommend having no stuff and staying in the same place preferably in a cave as far away from the internet as possible yeah no one's gonna make you move out of a cave no that's not true except for the bears you Uh, can shoot those bears that's how you live in the cave you eat the bears i have listened to friends at the table that's not what happens in caves look those are not representative caves (laughs) okay I'm gonna complain. I've seen the descent. I know. I know what happens in caves. Those are much closer to representative caves. <laughs> hmm. You know, I think I take the friends of the table caves. Yeah, no, I think I. I guess I, t- like, with reservations, agree with you. <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't be able to express why I was discomforted with those caves. Jackson, have you played any video games that aren't the game we're talking about today? Uh, I know I have. But... In this, in uh, you know, like little behind the sausage. Uh, this has like been like almost two two months since we last recorded, so it's been a while. Yep, it's been a while. Uh, what is? It's what been a while. Ha- yep. Stop. Stop. But it has. I yeah. <laughs> it's been a long road, and it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long. <laughs> It's my, I'm, uh, how many mashups of Stains? It's been, no, anyway, I can't do this. I can't remember any video games. I'm sure I've played them. God, come back to me. Let me look at my gamer tag. Okay, Destiny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I sold my town to Tom Nook. Oh, you did sell your town to Tom Nook. That's, uh, that's great. I also yep, did that, no, but I you haven't. actually kept playing and I was like, okay, that's neat. And then stopped. He has all, uh, on my old town. All the old people there, and now I, um... Does he own the people? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. They never really say what happens once he sells your old town. Once he sells your old town, you get a new one, and that old town is behind you. I don't think you can privatize an entire town like that. <laughs> I assume he just uses the land to sell to other mayors for their new towns. Uh, I don't know. Trump's America, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, an election happened, right. Should we address that? We're not a no. politics podcast. I don't know. I feel like on some level we uh, owe it to our listeners to know that we we hear you. We feel the same way. We're all fucking terrified and uh, angry. 
Um, okay, yeah, no, I, uh, that's fair, that's good, that's nice to say. Yeah, this is gonna continue to be a safe space to talk about bullshit and, uh, be queer and angry and open and, uh, cool the next four to eight years to 20. I am at least two of those things. You are, uh, <laughs> queer and, uh, open? <laughs> I was gonna say angry. <laughs> um, I was gonna say angry and queer. Yeah, I'm tag uh, yourself. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I am open. No, I'm not open. I'm cool. How is uh, it returning to the land of Animal Crossing so many years later? You know what? It's really fun this time around because they've got this amiibo inclusivity, and uh, there's an area where this hippie dog hangs out in this campground. And he sells you things that you couldn't get in the previous game, just like weird new furniture. And then these Animal Crossing characters have RVs, and they camp their RVs in the campground, and you can go and buy weird uh, furniture from them. And uh, since I sold my town, I did the thing where you get a ton of money a day. So I'm just so rich. I'm so rich. And uh, the town growth is faster than it was last time around because I don't have to wait to get money and I don't have to do a bunch of stuff to make money because I already have it. So what you're telling me is that things are a lot more fun when you're rich. No, it's not it's more fun. It's just it's it's fun because I kind of already have a plan. (laughs) Oh, you're telling Um, me that you could have plans when you're rich. Yeah, you're telling me that there's less busy work. When you're rich, there's, there's I have more free time to hang out with my villagers because I don't have to go to the island to catch beetles every night. Like money. those fucking poor, just awful people. I don't. I didn't say any of them were <laughs> awful. That was all you. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that Animal Crossing continues to uh, have some of the most on-point capitalism simulators of all the video game capitalism simulators. Oh, yeah, no, it's gross. Uh, But, yeah, no, I have more free time, so I just spend a lot of time decorating and buying furniture and hanging out with my neighbors. Nice. And putting that money into town projects. Yeah. See, that's where it breaks down, because if you were actually that's, a rich that's, person, yeah, you wouldn't not... be putting it into town projects. <laughs> exactly. No, I <laughs> you think... You wouldn't I... be beautifying a thing. Yeah. Oh, you would. It'd just be your thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want a public transit hub? Not in my backyard. Not in my <laughs> Animal <laughs> Crossing town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Someone makes a fucking awful, rich Animal Crossing town, just has a bunch of money but can't spend it on anything, because the only ways that game gives you of interacting with the world after a certain point is making things better for other people. <laughs> it's, it's like, in many ways, it starts as like rich person's dream and then becomes rich person's nightmare. Yeah. Do you have Good a game job, yet, Jackson. Crossing. I have multiple games because it's been fucking four years. Uh, so I guess I'm because. Oh, you're uh, saying had... you're saying it's been a while. All right, you can do this without <laughs> me. You know that, right? Like I can just leave. I can't. I how would I podcast without you, Jackson? I've never done a podcast without you. <laughs> That's not true. Not on, not on this cast. I guess that is true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I played Thumper. Did we talk about Thumper last time? It's been to the I don't think Thumper was out last time. We have never talked about Thumper on this podcast. 
Okay, good. <coughs> Thumper's amazing. Thumper's the best. It came out about uh, eight years ago now in uh, video game years. Yeah, no, uh, it, was, which... it was my favorite launch PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, no, actually, that's interesting because uh, in many ways, Thumper is for me what Res was for you when you first played Res. No, you know what's uh, interesting is that eight years ago, we were already two years into the PS3 and not at launch PS2 games. <laughs> I thought you. I mean, I know that. I know, but, but then I thought about it, oh. and suddenly I feel like I want to die. So. Oh no. Botany Bay. <laughs> That's for um, podcast, Jackson. You can't. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, but uh, Thumper is a game. In if you haven't heard of it somehow, uh, because you uh, were off the internet for a little bit. At the time, you should have been off the internet. To be fair. Uh, it's a game in which you um, head down these roadways as a beat plays and uh, just press buttons in time in order to make uh, the beat go and your bug uh, go around the corners without bumping into things. It's very simple. It is the most pure rhythm game and uh, I love it. I love it so much. The way in which you become one with the bug is uh, profound because you're just hitting left and right, hitting everything. Uh, and it's great. I'm really excited to try the. Um, uh, they did a uh, updated mode, like a harder mode, which I really want to play. I'm sad that it's permadeath though. Like that's the one part of the hard mode that I wish yeah, I could turn but off. But isn't aren't the levels shorter because they took out the tutorial bits? No, like no. I heard they took out like some of the segments. They probably did, but no. Like that's not going to make that much of a difference. Okay. I, and and the permadeath will be fine in the. Uh, some of the levels, because it got to a point where I could basically get through a whole world without dying, because I know I knew how to increase my health. Um, uh, you got to make sure that you hit enough things in a row and then do the up down move, and that's how you get your health back. Yeah, uh, and th- that's fine. But uh, even though I would love harder versions of that game, the specific kind of punishing hard where you have to just repeat the things you already know how to do that permadeath is is the one thing that would ruin that game. Like, that game relies on flow and going from the next bit to the next bit and making it harder in that way is, hmm. Because, like, I could be going back through all these worlds and doing score challenges because it was built this way and I thought I might do that, but it's actually not a game that I think of as a score game. It is purely experiential. Yep, I just want I agree. New, new tracks and courses. Yeah. I thought it might be a score game before it got really hard and then I was like, yep. no, this is not that what that game is. Yeah, no, it is a game that I play to see how long I can go without crashing. I also played the basketball video game. Uh, how is that? You were the president of basketball, right? Is that the uh, one? <laughs> yes, I haven't played that mode. Basketball prez. Because I didn't want to start the story mode or anything. I just Presbo. I... Oh, I'm so fucking mad at you. <laughs> yeah, no, if they made that, uh, if, they, uh, if they made the wire today, he'd be prez curry. You mean if they uh, made the wire, but instead of going to a school, he's a basketball star? I would watch that. <laughs> Prez does a bunch of different jobs. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll watch that too. Great. Uh, yes. Uh, that's fine. It's a cool game. Uh, but I- I've got really into basketball, and I've realized that that's a strange thing to do and has specifically there's like a line from me being into video games that connects directly into me being into anime and also wrestling and then when those two combine you get actual sports so now i'm here i don't i think that's like a a process of subtraction if you took the anime out of wrestling you would get sports 
yes, you're right. Okay. But anime and wrestling... Like, I realize that all the things that exist in the fake sports totally... If you approach sports right, which is harder to do because... Uh, you've been listening to all F1 a lot, which is the perfect version of this in terms yeah. of boiling a sport down to its like narratives. Yeah. Uh, and but when you approach actual sports fan shit, there's so many numbers, so much bullshit that I don't care about. I I just want what is the story of this season? Which uh, if anyone who was following uh, anything to do with basketball last year was uh, the Steph Curry stuff, as Steph Curry broke the video game, not the video game, the real game. <laughs> kill me <laughs> um uh and uh, the golden state warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals which was do, fantastic do, do they nerf him are they gonna nerf him this season uh yeah they nerfed him by making that team shit because they get, got too many good players on it okay is steph curry sombra <laughs> it's the worst question you've asked since <laughs> is bob harambe <laughs> <laughs> What have you played? Well, that's a big question because uh, <laughs> I finished yes. I finished Final Fantasy VI in October and have spent this month like catching up on other things. I also, because someone bought me a horrible Christmas present, uh, played through <laughs> the entirety of The Witcher three in that time. So I guess I'm going to talk about The Witcher. Um, the Witcher. <sighs> Nobody says that, Jackson. It was our thing, and now it's not our thing anymore. And I know, I got sad. too into The understand. Witcher to enjoy you dunking on The Witcher like that. <laughs> you started it! No. You did start it. No. Don't front. No. Don't front. So, how I is guess, Jerry? So, Jerry Rivers is great, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, he ends up alright, he's fine. Um, the The problem is, you should not play three Witcher games in a single year. Um, that was oh, a mistake. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like those games. I'm I'm sad that we never. I mean, we never would have done them for the cast anyway. But I'm sad that we won't have like a form to talk about them more concretely. But as like an RPG series that really respects the idea that your not like your choices matter, but like the way that you can author your own place in the world in like the same way that it kind of does in uh in Planescape, but not like obviously not to that degree because it's like a cinematic style game, but. The way that that sort of, like, the day-to-day, like, choices of how you finish quests and how you relate to people inform how you interact with the rest of the world is such a strong thing that The Witcher does. And, I like, it does it in all three games. All three games are great in slightly different ways. Uh, the Witcher 3 is not actually that different than especially The Witcher 1. It's just much bigger and uh, much easier. Uh but uh, those are great games. I don't. I don't know. Like I can't talk about specifics in them with anyone who hasn't nope. played them. There's just too much there. But mm-hmm. I like them a lot. Uh, I, I'm going back to the expansions very soon after I finish the game I'm currently playing. So I, I need to get it off my hard drive because it's fucking eight, like sixty gigabytes of bullshit that's just filling up my hard drive. Thanks, uh, Jackson. I apologize for ruining your life. Yeah, no, it was a nice birthday present, but man, it, there was that two-week span where I was just, like, doing nothing else, and it, it sucked. It sucked the most. It's a shame that you can't go back there again. What do you mean? Like, that was that was how I approached video games when I was in, you know, high school. I, I can still do it, obviously. It's just ruinous in a way that it wasn't in high school. If, okay, it's not that you can't do it, it's that you can't not do it, and then that sucks. Yeah, no, you're right. But it's fun. It's it's nice. Like, we get so burnt out doing, like, game code games and stuff. It's nice to know that, like, 
I can still just get real deep into something and lose all sorts of sense of responsibility and scale to just like, I want to play this and do nothing else with my life. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about uh, all the best big video games. Witcher 3 is too long. I will give it that. It's too long. How, how, what was your final time? 60 hours. All right. I did all the side quests. I did not discover everything on the map. I was overleveled for everything in the main game, uh, which is unfortunate. For, for context, I'm 120 in Metal Gear, and I still haven't done every side quest. Um, I will go like <coughs> knowing how long the DLC is. I will probably end up somewhere around. I would guess like 90 hours by the time I'm done. Oh yeah, but everyone like came to that DLC, the second DLC especially, like a year later. Yep. I will do it as soon as I'm finished with the Oxy 4, probably. <laughs> Just delete it and then re-download it. It's fine. No. Be like, free. I'm, 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 no, I'm so close to the end of Yakuza, and then I'm going to go in and play The Witcher because I'm like ready now. I feel like I've had enough time and then played another RPG okay. and I've gotten kind of it out of my system. The year of The Witcher 2016? I really want to finish it by the end of this year, yeah. That's part of it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And that's the story of Jerry. Yep. And uh, that's segment one. So let's uh, let's talk about a different video game, an older video game, the greatest video game of all time, Tetris. <laughs> I do love Tetris. Halo. Jackson, that's not old or the <laughs> best video game. Of all time. At all. I knew that would piss you off on both levels. That's why I said it. Fantasy Star. Ugh, that's not good. It's old. It's not good. Fantasy VI, continuing our effort to play all of the Final Fantasies that Jackson will agree to. Uh, <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VI is a Super Nintendo game. It came out in Japan in 1994. Uh, it is directed by Yoshinori Kitase and Hiroyuki Itao, uh, who took over from uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi. Uh, Kitase went on to direct uh, Final Fantasy VII and VIII. Uh, Itao... W- fell into Final Fantasy Tactics Land and showed back up for 9 and 12. Um, Look, but... some people like Final Fantasy Tactics. I've never played it. Oh, you but... know, like, I I fully admit that it is, like, a good game. 
I can't get into it. It's 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 a different thing in like a way that I don't respond to. Like I'm not saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. You I'm made just it sound like that, that it based, being, No, I'm saying yeah. like that's the reason he doesn't show up again until nine, probably. Like as he's he's busy with Evilies. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I didn't have any more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> carry um, on. Uh, Sakaguchi, of course, produced this. Uh, character designs, of course, by Yoshitako Amano. Uh, Nobu Amatsu doing music. Final Fantasy VI is the story of the Gestalian Empire, who want to basically use magic to fuel industry and gain power. And the Returners is a rebel faction that plans to stop them uh, with the aid of a strange magical woman who the Empire was controlling named Terra who they rescue and try to turn to their side and use to fight a bunch of battles and conflict happens and magic happens and the world goes to shit and uh, final fantasy happens in the broad strokes. Um, This game is a, there's a lot going on. So like breaking down the plot right here seems like the bad way to do it. Cause I just summarized for five minutes. Um, The thing with this game that is unique kind of to all final fantasies is this game focuses so much more on the idea that like every character so it's meant to be a game in which every character is like the main protagonist, which doesn't actually work. But the idea is such that like every character has an introduction and their own story and kind of seems in large part unrelated to the rest of the characters. So they end up being very vignetted. Uh, so I figured we would start by going down the list of characters because that seems like the best way to approach talking about the game. Um, but first, everyone's general impressions of six as they played. In short, let's not get into like a ton of specifics. But how did everybody feel going in? How did everybody feel going out? Uh, Jackson, you go first. Um, I enjoyed six quite a lot. Uh, when I went in, I started playing it um, uh, without a guide and <laughs> without uh, like using any cheats. Just going, I'm going to play a SNES RPG like the kids did. Uh, that was not sustainable in 2016. Um, but I got fairly far until I uh, erased my own save because VBA is a fucking awful emulator. Uh, at least now. I don't know what happened to it, but mm, whatever. Uh, but in that, in that uh, early part, uh, it was really interesting approaching the game that way because it meant that I like skipped over a bunch of items, missed a bunch of stuff, but uh, I, I did feel more uh, like part of the world. I got it more. I got the sense and scale of these games that I tend not to get when just going through the guide. Um and then I switched uh, to moving fairly fast, uh, downloaded a save, and just uh, sped through the story. And that was great in its own way. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like the game. I think it doesn't fall, like, doesn't hit any of its heights. We'll get into that. Like, uh, ambitions, I guess, is the word. Uh, but we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm very glad that I played it. Destiny. I thought it was really great. Um... Aside from some, I mean, I guess I won't get into the nitty gritty, but we'll talk about problems with the sort of build up to the end game. Everything about it was a lot of fun and really unique. I could see the parallels that uh, people make between it and Seven and the building blocks there. But I I had so much fun with the story of this game. I found it very moving. So, uh, my experience of this is colored by the fact that when I played it, it was just released on PlayStation, and it was the game that people pointed to when they said, oh, these PlayStation games aren't as good as how Final Fantasy used to be, um, and that is the wrong way to approach playing Final Fantasy VI, uh, because it's, uh, it's, 
like I get how you come to that conclusion if you played this game when you were younger, but I feel like so many of the ideas here, while really ambitious, end up being much better realized and fleshed out in future Final Fantasy games, like up through nine, um, which I know you guys haven't played yet, and we'll get to next year. But um, the like the scope is so impressive, but the way that it plays out, and it'll be like the thrust of my conversation when I, I talk about the way this game works, is I don't think it pays off anything because the second half of this game deflates like a balloon with a hole in it, and I hate it so much for doing that because I think the first half is so strong. Um, I, it, I, oh, you guys. Sorry. I, it just it just colors how I view this game. Like I like when I'm when I'm viewing it and when I'm thinking about it when I'm listening to the music. I like love the individual parts, but when I think about my experience with the game, it's like oh, this was a cool thing, and then I just feel like let down by it all. Um, in a way that like I don't think any other Final Fantasy like engenders that sort of like n- negative feeling about like oh, it could have been so much more, and they fucked it up. And I feel <coughs> that sucks. Final and I know that's like a minority team. opinion, but it, it is mine. So. I was, coughing say, and saying, I was coughing and saying Final Fantasy thirteen, but I guess that doesn't start No, Final Fantasy thirteen was never good and never <laughs> like built up to anything, and I hated it from hour one, and I hated it in hour 40, and it was bad all around, and sometimes it gestured towards being good, but it was never good. And you hate it even more now, at hour 9,000 on from playing it. Yeah, no. Uh, like, I'm less, I'm less despondent as I was when I was in it. But that game's hot garbage, and it's only interesting in the fact that they made a sequel that is better in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the thing I was going to quickly uh, point on, and that I don't think uh, that it... I think saying it doesn't pay off is wrong, because it pays off really well at the end, like the very end. Uh, but... It's it's more like the I think like it can deflate but still pay off like okay so let's talk is a slug. before we break down the characters let's talk roughly about the grand uh like setup of the game so you, basically the first half of the game is you assembling the returners who are all the characters that you play as uh to go and fight the emperor and the emperor turns out to be not the big evil the big evil is Kefka his like right hand man evil shitty clown Joker man uh <laughs> who then gets the power of the gods and remakes the world and then there's like a year time skip as like the world is basically destroyed and the second half has you playing as a different quote-unquote main character as Celez as she regathers the party who has been scattered to the winds and assembles a team to fight Kefka which is like a great motivation in hour like two of the world of ruin but then when they don't even touch it again until like hour 15 I lose all interest in like the the like energy to go like let's get our team together and get Kefka is great but the like endless repetition of go to a town and gather a character and fight their dungeon and see their story payoff, which is not as well written as their story introduction just totally saps all will to live out of me. Uh, like yep. by the time I get to Kefka, I don't care about fighting Kefka anymore. I just want it to be over. Yep. No. Cause I was talking to you about it when uh, the, the word of ruin happened. I was on, on Skype to everyone and it, she leaves her, her village and is like, let's do it. We're going to, I'm going to bring everyone together. Why haven't we done this yet? Um, and I was like, cool, so there'll be a couple hours of this, and then we'll get the team together, and then we'll uh, do the re- second half of the quest. And then you just said, no, this is the rest of the game. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't know how that could be true, and it's because there's only about... There is actually the exact amount of story content I thought there was. There's just more dungeons and bullshit. There's so which, many more dungeons and bullshit. Which is fine, in 1996 i get why you structure it that way in the context of this is a sequel to final fantasy 4 and this is what the people want i mean this is a sequel to final fantasy 5 but yes sure 
Uh, I meant in terms of okay, this is Final Fantasy three. That was deliberate. It sounded like a mistake, but it was okay. deliberate. Uh, right. Like over here, that is the reputation of that game. Oh has. sure, yeah, no, 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 like, and that's fair. But I mean, this game is really well regarded in Japan, also, and they had another Final Fantasy to play. Oh yeah, I'm just not as familiar with like the the narrative of what makes a good Final Fantasy in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, playing it now with how RPGs are structured today and how the narrative of an RPG, uh, like the pace of it. And the way you would approach it, it became so much faster. Uh, pretty much from those um, uh, PS1 Final Fantasies, and then became much slower again when people learned they could have voice acting, and has then become faster when everyone realized that was a garbage idea. <laughs> yep, no, that's fair. Um, so you want to run down the characters with me, and everybody just throw out how you feel about individual characters. We can talk about their like self-contained stories. Yes, I think go. you should go down them uh, first as one list, and we'll just go yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, yes or no? Literally, we'll just, just say a character, and we'll say yes or no, and then we'll go <laughs> to the next one. That's not what I meant. I know, but then we'll do the thing you meant. It was a joke. <laughs> okay. Tara Branford. Yes! Yes! Oh, you really want me to go through this, right? You want yes. to do this? No, this was, <laughs> it was a goof. Do you want to throw out more things, or do we just... Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I happens... guess we'll do it the way Jackson suggested. This is going to be dumb. Great. Lock hole. Okay. No. Yes. I'm I'm going to say no. I will be the yeah. tiebreaker if you two tie. There's no... We can't... We cannot have a middle. We have to choose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I won't vote unless there's a tie. Okay. No, come on. Okay. Fine. Uh, Edgar Roney Figaro. Yes. Yes. Sabin Rene Figaro. Yes. Yes. Cyan Garamond. No. Wait, wait, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Gao. I take it back, yes. Fuck no! Gao? No! <laughs> Get out of town! Bye! Celez Cherie. Yes. Yes. Setzer Gabiani. Yes! Mm, it, yes. You don't have to agree with Jackson Destiny. I mixed feelings. Okay, okay, no. I'm I'll say no. I'm going to say yes. Shadow. Fuck. No. No. Really? Like he's really? fine. Okay. We're going to talk about this in I depth. mean, yeah, no, we're going to talk about every character. This is just <laughs> for shits and giggles. So, okay. Realm. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, yes. Just yeah. You're going to argue with me. Strago. No. No. Yeah, I, I would also say no. So, Mog. Which, oh, yes. Yes, I love Mog. I, I almost forgot who Mog was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Umaro. No. No. And Gogo. Uh, <sighs> sure, fine. Gogo squeaks no. a yes. Gogo gets a yes from me for reasons that we'll get into. I mean, okay. there's no reason. Gogo is like a reference to a character in Final Fantasy V, basically, is why I like Gogo. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, there we go. Yeah, Everyone those are, is mostly that, positive about yeah, the Yeah, that's cast. our up-down, and you can tell... I mean, that is almost directly related to which characters are relevant to the plot of this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we true. get into the really back half of that list, and we're like, oh, right, I guess they showed up you know? um, at some point. <laughs> but they have no lines, because they're all fucking optional. So, right, like, there's characters I like, but I gave them no's because they don't do enough. 
Okay. So we're actually going to go through this list again and actually talk about these characters. Tara Branford. Uh, the half- main character of this video game. No. No. Nope. Not yes. true. No. Main yes, true. The first half of this video game, yes. Main character of the second half of this video game. No, not at all. Yes. It's 100% yes. No. Yes. No. Okay, we'll we'll get into this later. Yeah, I know. Like, we're just doing not yes even and the no game's again. creators think that. So yeah, that well, doesn't matter. I, I've been wrong about things I've tweeted. <laughs> um, so Tara is half human, half Esper. Uh, she was uh, born when her mom boned a wolfman. Um, <laughs> oh, the furry content in this game is high. They missed the train by a couple of decades, but wow. Yep. But they're not uh, which really means animals. that she's imbued they're with magic beings. and nobody knows why because magic is normally something that has to be like like basically forced into you through like the experiments of the Gestalian Empire. Um <laughs> That wasn't forced into her. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, she is, uh, she opens the game, uh, being mind controlled by Kefka and then the returner's rescuer. And then they find out about her parentage and she freaks out cause she didn't know. And then she ends up momming a bunch of people because that's what you do to women who don't have love stories. They just become moms. Look, you <laughs> don't set me off on the back foot here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm going to do in Japanese. Her name is Tina. Uh, and it was changed to Tara because uh, Tina is like an exotic name to Japan, and that is not true here. Yeah, no, that's just a name. Yeah, that's a basic name. <laughs> yeah, Tina. Hello, pretty, pretty but basic. Yeah. Hello, I'm I'm half human, half Esper. You can call me Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my half human, half Esper friend. He's called John. <laughs> Tara means land. I always thought that was a nice name. Yep, but it's totally like invented by the localization. I like the the localization accidentally stumbled on the future naming theme of Final Fantasy protagonists. Yeah. Butts. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Don't. In Final Fantasy V, the name character's name is Butts. (laughs) B-U-T-Z. Yep. Oh, uh, we're going to talk about Tara some more, right? Yes, because Jackson uh, objects to everything I said about Tara. So, <laughs> no, I guess I'm going to... Oh, t- Destiny, you go first, and then I will lay down my impassioned Tara defense. I think that I can see why you feel the way you do. Like, she's obviously... Like, she has amnesia. You have to learn all the stuff about her. Esper's are this huge part of the plot. Her whole, like, weird, I need to find love or something to at least... um feel connected to the human side of me plot is something that carries throughout the game but there's just this huge chunk where she's not there and there's this other character who turns out like has this plot of redemption that they're going through and I feel like her finding love was not as important as the other characters seeking that redemption and finding closure and so that's why I, I think she's like the red herring protagonist. I think it's like intentional that you can think of her as the main character, even though she is not. Okay, so Tara's the fucking best. Uh, I will not in any way deny the problematic elements of... <laughs> I will not in and... any way deny the problematic elements of Tara's story. <laughs> Are you going to shut up? No, I mean yes, but okay. Just are you, you going to shut up and then edit them back in the whole time I'm talking? No, I'm not. That, that's way too much work. I'm far too lazy for that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, 
And she starts the game in by far the most interesting place, and the the like uh, amnesiac conflict that they um, build up with her, which I wish they got into more, but they can't because of uh, how vignette the story is. Uh, of her, the, she doesn't know who the good guys are because all she has to go on is what this person has told her about the world, and her experience so far has been being whisked from one battle to another. And she's like, "I trust these people, I guess, as much as I trust anyone." But what does like what does that mean? And that is eventually um, thrown away. Like the, the, that is interesting character work, but it is a, uh, it doesn't really go anywhere because she finds out the truth, and everyone was always telling her the truth, and she's just, oh, these are the good guys, uh, and it goes in a completely different direction. But it's, I really like that stuff. And then in the second half uh, of her story, as it uh, became a, like about her identity and figuring out um, who she was, I feel like her arc best represents. Like you're right that Salas is the other one who does this, uh, like the central theme of the game, and. Uh, I spent the whole fucking first half thinking that her dumb love thing was going to lead to her shacking up with someone. Um, And so, like, taking care of a village was way... Like, that was sweet, and I liked it. And, I, you know, it's... I I hate it. I hate it so much. I understand. I'm not gonna say anyone... Uh, has no right to hate that bit because you know it plays in a bunch of the most tiresome gender tropes but sometimes sometimes those are tropes that i'm into that's one like if she'd got with a man i'd be like fucking this is the worst she clearly a should be with celis uh and what if the second half of this game was about terror and celis hooking up and de- destroying Kepka? look i like celis a lot but think- like celis's like sense of romance is super basic so yeah no it, the love story between her and Locke isn't that believable it gets stronger near the yeah, end because no, it's, it's terrible sucks. it's terrible through and through because but it's like worst. really badly written but yeah. i guess i guess that means we're moving on to lock <laughs> well, look i had something keep... to say about terror i don't okay. have a problem with her becoming a mom it was eye but like i still thought it was sweet that that was the thing i didn't expect that to be the thing that moved her i thought it was oh, going I, I to hate be it. something else um, you, you're telling me that you felt nothing when she like runs out of the house and collapses to protect her village i actively feel annoyance that she's like i can't go fight i have to watch these orphans as we wait for kefka to destroy us like it's so antithetical to everything like being the rpg protagonist entails i hate it no I like it. But that's why she's not the protagonist. Because it is, like, the opposite of that. Like, usually the RPG protagonist is, I've got to do the thing to the fucking but, like, detriment of all the minute, else. like, the minute your crew rolls up and is like, let's do this, let's go do the thing, that she's like, no, I have to watch over these children. We're in this shitty village and, like, two of them are pregnant and it sucks here. Uh... I, like, no. Like, I have no sympathy for that. Like, it's a terrible thing to do to her as a character. If she left before that you dealt with the stuff in that town, that monster would have killed all of them. Like, there is a... It's not just, I need to stay and look after them in a generic sense. Like, there is a very real threat and this very yeah, she, real like, thing she is protecting yeah, them from. but if we if we all... If we if all of the characters decided to just settle in and take care of what was around them, no one would have survived. But she decides, oh, you know, these are the people. Like, she actually runs out to protect them. She doesn't just sit there. Like, she thinks she's going to sit there. And then... But then, like, like her whole stance is that, no, I have to be this protector. I have to do this stuff. And then she decides, no, I have to go out. Like, her, like, wishy-washiness continues in past that time skip. And is, like, I just... I think she's, like, one of the, like... We- if she's the main protagonist, she is the weakest Final Fantasy protagonist in the entire series. But is that a problem? Like... 
I just I don't I don't like her. Like that's like basically what it is. Like I don't think she's well written. I think her conflicts are kind of like boring, and I don't like the way that she ends up. Like the fact that the like ending of the game hinges on oh all of these children believed in me, so I will continue to exist. Like she's a fucking like peter pan fairy like no i'm not interested man look i have good taste (laughs) um i mean i feel like uh this is an argument we've had about several characters because i always gravitate towards uh like i feel like characters losing faith and not knowing what to do in very desperate times is a relatable thing and you're like fuck off uh you have no time for that wishy-washy bullshit no Um, i really don't like this is this is us talking about auth again (laughs) Yeah, uh, terror, sure, is, is not, terror of Orth. Orth is not a video game, so we can't talk about Orth. <laughs> Orth is a video game. So, is that it? Can we move yeah, on to Locke? Like, there's no going to be conclusion I here. I suppose. But yeah, I read all terror. Well, uh, Locke kept the corpse of his girlfriend around <coughs> so he could eventually revive her when he found some magical doodad to do so. Not only that, but whilst like in the middle of relationship, like of an unacknowledged relationship with someone else. Yeah. Locke's the worst. I fucking hate Locke. Yep. What a stupid... Does anyone have anything to say about Locke other than he sucks? Yeah, he's a thief. I liked him. I liked when you had to go find him, and then he had, like, stolen everything in that dungeon, so every time you <laughs> that's came the best. That's him, the best part of Locke, I will freely admit. Yeah. And I liked that he, like... Like, him falling in love with Celis made more sense than Celis falling in love with him. Yeah, no, like, him being a doofus, and the minute he sees her in her, like, opera gown being like, oh, Sellas, oh, I didn't even think about this, uh, is, like, the most pure, like, JRPG protagonist move. Yes. Even though, and, like, just in, like, just underlines how much he's stupid. The fact that she, like, returns it says a lot about who Sellas is in, like, not <laughs> flattering ways. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, their romance is my like one of my least favorite parts of this game and becomes kind of like the crux of half of the ending which is a real bummer yep um yeah i guess i don't know he just didn't bother me that much plus he was a good he was good in a fight uh yeah no i mean like the next final fantasy we play will have a thief main character and they are cool and good so like it's hard for me to recommend Locke when so much better is ahead of us sure but the one thing i'll say like in devil's advocate defensive lock even though i fucking hate him is that like you are right in the in any other game Locke would just be the main character go get a small town guy who falls yep. in love with multiple people and you know has to choose like Locke yeah. could so easily be the center of this game and the the a question at the heart of this game would be would he choose Terra or Sellers? Like yep. that could genuinely be this game and it would be the fucking worst thing. And he's a side character who is never even like uh, yep. pushed to the side. I mean, one of the things that annoys me the most is that because of the way the enemies are scaled, I mean you can kind of do the world of ruin however you want, but it's clearly meant that Locke is like the last character you pick back up. Yep. And I feel like it it imbues him with an importance that I don't buy. Well, yeah, because that um, pigeon or seagull or whatever, the bird that you're following. It was a pigeon. It yeah. was a pigeon. I was right. Okay, cool. Because I wanted to say pigeon, but then didn't know where I got that from. Apparently in the video game that I just played. She says, follow that pigeon. She does say that. Right. How That's like I a forgot? great line because pigeons are like filth birds in this country. So it was really funny to me. She's like, follow that pigeon. Follow the pigeon. <laughs> Um, I like the hilarious parody of Celeste that we have all interpreted here. Uh, but no, like, the World of Ruin is totally Celeste's quest for luck. Like, that's totally what they're doing there. Yep, and I that, that part I really hate. Yep, agreed. I actually uh, really liked it. I don't, why, why did you hate it? Because luck sucks. Like, 
Locke sucks and Celis is like falling in love with him feels like a thing that was like, we need a love story in here and not like anything that was organically written in any real way. Uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. I'm not saying it's not clumsy. I just enjoyed it anyway. Like if you compare uh, like what Locke and Celes as characters like have for each other in the way that uh, all the relationships in seven and eight like feed into mm-hmm. this character is like has a like Quistus has a crush on school because this represents this about Quistus and this about school and then Renoa and school do that like that is tied directly into the characters and the themes in the game in the way that Celes and Locke just isn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's worth talking about like since there's a couple like main characters and stuff, the Locke and Terra were the ones that were most directed by Sakaguchi. Uh, huh. Which uh, I think is interesting. Uh, two characters uh, are the brainchild of one Tetsuno. I know exactly uh, who they are and I don't even need to look them up because there's only okay, two. I was going to ask if you'd look them up because I want you to guess. Well, okay. Clearly Setsa. Uh, mm-hmm. And probably Shadow. Yeah, no. Who else? Yeah, Setsa or Shadow. Destiny, do you have guesses? Oh, I have no idea. Jackson, you are 100% correct. <laughs> oh, that's you really mean the two funny. cool edge lord characters are fucking Nomura <laughs> designs? Wow. I'm shocked. Yeah. I was um, um, just going to say that, I mean, Locke and Celeste, they make a lot of sense. They're both failures in this weird way. Like, Locke accidentally kills his lady, and Celeste is responsible for working under this emperor, and... Like, I don't know, they have really similar arcs and backstories, so it makes sense. It make they make sense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody <laughs> Sorry, that was the meanest thing we could have said. So moving down our character list, we have the brothers Edgar and Sabin, who were the brainchild of Kyori Tanaka, who uh worked at Square and was a graphic designer, and then went on like the only other thing she did really was she uh worked on Xenogears after this. Um, but she also wrote like like a like a short story with like illustrations about Edgar and Sabin before this game takes place. Good. <laughs> about them just being cute brothers together. Good. Because they are the cute brothers. <laughs> I love them. They are the yep. cute brothers. I wish they did literally anything with them after the coin stuff. Yep. So Edgar and Sabin are like the princes of Figaro and their dad dies. And Sabin's like, no, we should live our life. And Edgar's like, I don't know. We have responsibilities. And Edgar's like, what if we flip a coin? And if it's, if you win, then I'll go off with you and we can explore the world and be brothers together. And if I win, then I'm going to stay here and be responsible. And he flips a coin and it's the best scene in the entire game. And it's fucking, uh, it's something else. Find out a couple hours later that it was a trick coin and he was always going to stay there. But it's great. Uh, Edgar turns out to be like a womanizer who also has a chainsaw. So he's kind of the best character in Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> the w- and Sabin goes off and be a, is a monk and he does Street Fighter moves. And they're great. They're great together. Uh, speaking about Locke again, my favorite Locke scene is an Edgar scene. When he and Locke, who are like the two... Like, you were introduced to Locke and think he's the like jokey womanizer dude. And then he meets Edgar. And they both have a conversation that is entirely played out through the gestures of those two sprites nodding at each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really good. hilarious. The sprite stuff in this game is top-notch. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, I was going to say that um, one of my favorite Edgar Sabin exchanges is at the very, very, very end of the game. I think Sabin says to him, like, I knew you would be okay. Like, I knew you'd be the one 
to uh, handle the responsibility, and I need you to be better at it than I would be. So he's okay is that, with uh, Is that like in the very ending? Is yeah, that where I think it's in the ending. Sobbins ending. doing the one thing that he is very useful at, which is holding up heavy objects <coughs> yeah. like houses. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it happens there. Because he says something like, like, I knew you'd be the one who would do this effectively. Or, I don't know, I'm putting too many words in there. But essentially, he's okay with how things turned out. Because he knew yep. in the end that Edgar would be the right man for that job. And he just wanted yeah. to make sure he could protect him. And be the yeah. strong one who could, you know, come in when he needs him to pummel someone for him or lift a house for him. Uh, yeah. Both Edgar and Sabin uh, basically... Uh, embody what the internet means when they go the boys yeah <laughs> they're back in town nope and like i like how much they are like the heart of the first quarter of this game but like uh, they have fuck all to do after that i know <laughs> yeah it's but a bit of a bummer them. i'll just read that book i'll go find the cute the cute fanfic yeah. their creator i guess it's not the the only thing that is good is that Edgar dyes his hair and pretends to be a thief lord in the world of Ruin, okay, which is hilarious. You've got to tell me what the name is in Japanese, because it's clearly not Giard. <laughs> Edgar backwards. Uh, I can look it up. I can give it a shot. I mean, his name is Ed. His name is Edgar in Japanese, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Wikipedia will have this, honestly. Because uh, I assumed the. I saw that, like, I'm Giard, and I'm like, well, this was clearly <laughs> oh my God. a very specific part in Japanese. But so it? his name in Jeff Japanese is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> what his uh, fake name? Yes. <laughs> so the localizers were just like, let's do a dumb gag. Wait, so there isn't yeah, because his, 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 his English his, his Japanese name is Edoga, which I assume is like enough to translate into Edgar. But his like his Gerard name is just Jeffu. Like it's just Jeff. <laughs> Really Which weird. I guess maybe is just meant to be like shorthand for this is clearly a fake name. Because <laughs> I, I, I was sure that my like badly translated uh, impossible to work out Japanese pun sense was right. But no, <laughs> Jeff, that's even better. Good. Yep. Great. Perfect. Mwah. Yep. And that's that's the last thing that Edgar does that is a word of note in that game. Yeah. <sighs> Cyan. So speaking of characters with nothing to do, Cyan. He has nothing Cyan? to do, but he also has two of the best scenes of the game revolver. Yeah, I was about to say. He yeah, has no. The high, um, he has the best emotional beats of that game, and like the all the scenes where I cried in this game, uh, with the exception of maybe like two scenes were Cyan scenes. Yeah, uh, like Cyan's story is like one of the like most poignant bits in the game, and it it's like the thing that makes Kefka like a good bad guy to me, because the scene of him like poisoning the river and all of Doma dying as like that waltz plays is some of my favorite evil shit that happens in an RPG. Uh, it is your it is the your village is burning, but like made real. Like it's the thing that that always reaches for and never achieves. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Cyan, like, he barely seems to fit in, like, the scope of the rest of the game and doesn't really interact with any of the characters in, like, an interesting way. Yeah, like, the idea of him is really interesting as uh, Doma is a place that was uh, resistant to technology and he is a, ca- a character who, uh, like, he speaks with all these thous and thises and uh, everyone makes fun of him for it. And he's, like, kind of this uh, guy with this older outlook and doesn't fit in with this new world, but is in, like, that sense endearing. Uh, but mm-hmm. they don't, because of the way the game's designed, which is, uh, at a point, all the characters become optional, um, 
he doesn't have like any scenes where that can be engaged with especially in the second half like them making that choice uh locks out so many options for engaging with the characterization so he's basically just a character who has a short story uh which is um the bit in the world of balance uh with the dome of poisoning and the train uh and there's more after that but that's that's that that's who he is is that bit and that bit is great i don't know like at the the last time you go to doma or no wait it's i'm trying to think okay the dream sequence does that all happen and when you go back to doma yeah, that's in the world of ruin. Yeah. Okay, so when you go there, there's the scene where you go into the room, and it's just the flashback of him telling his wife he loves her, and then the mm-hmm. son's like, "I heard that." Did you guys get that scene? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause like I don't know, I feel like there's a lot there in the last half of the game. And like, like I said, like that's interesting, but it has absolutely nothing to do with like the grander plot of the game. And also, I wouldn't say it's like like that's just the beat of his sad about his wife and son again. Like nothing in the world of Ruin dream sequence can actually uh really adds to the feeling uh that you get when um like when he sees them get on the train and the train leaves. I like, totally mm. felt like I feel like like it was him letting them go finally cuz he was oh, holding sure. on so much like I don't know, I thought it worked. Yeah. But like, like to me, like the character, the game story sets up that the empire is evil and does all these horrible things, and that's why the returners exist. But he's the only character who gets like a scene where we see, oh, the empire like showed up and fucked up this guy's life, like for real and totally. But he like because the game is structured such that you can put anyone in your party, like he doesn't become like the champion of the returners or anything. He's just like, oh, that's Cyan. He's part of our party, I guess. I never use him because his special move sucks. Like he should become like a central character because he's the one that's like given the most in text motivation to be angry at what has happened and it just because of the way the game works doesn't he can't do that like he's just stuck in the loop of my story is about my dead family and that sucks and it's sad and it's really good it's well written but like i said it doesn't really have any bearing on the actual plot of the game and uh if you were talking about like uh Celez's romance not i'm not saying that like uh cyan is a better fit for him i'm saying that like Cy- a character with cyan's backstory is who would make uh Celez's romance more interesting like someone who is complicit with the empire's uh like awfulness with the character who is most affected by the emperor's awfulness like, the fact that sellers and cyan don't really have an arc of getting uh not together in a romantic sense but like uh coming together in a way that is more just we're in this party and we're all together um yeah like that is the, one of the most interesting narrative opportunities of this game and is barely like it's it's like she sees him in the dream sequence and you know uh, in a world of ruin, sorry, uh, but like it's you know they just it's just left on the table, and there's so many like things like that with all of these characters, and it's a real shame. Mm. Uh, couple last notes about Cyan, I guess, since before we move on. Uh, one, his Japanese name is Cayenne, like the pepper. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know why they didn't keep it, honestly, because I think it's a cool name. Uh, Cyan is Sakaguchi's favorite character in Final Fantasy VI. Of course, it is. I really um, like him. Of course it is. Uh, I object to the idea that they would be in a relationship. I know you said it didn't have to be a romantic relationship, but because he's like probably twice her age, and that's no, no, I, I didn't, bad. I didn't mean as like a character. I meant as I know, yeah, like the backstory. Wait, wise. say that again. Well, Jackson was talking about how like Cyan and Celes could be like like have character interactions and said, I didn't mean a relationship, but like I immediately jumped to that because he was talking about the love story, but like Cyan is like twice her age because she's like 18 and he is clearly not. I Uh, couldn't tell how old she was. So thanks for the question. She is meant to be like, we'll get to her when we get to her, but uh, um, 
the other thing that's interesting is the only character that Cyan really interacts with in a meaningful way is the next character we're going to talk about, which is fucking Gao. Yeah, that's weird. <sighs> Gao sucks. Okay, who's next? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Joffy, was very uh, objectionable to us talking about how much Gao sucks because Gao is apparently a good boy. But being a good boy doesn't mean you don't suck. I hate everything about Gao. And a lot of it has to do with all the Velt stuff. Like, I think that's like a would be an interesting mechanic in a game that was actually about that. But as like a tacked on thing feels like the most laborious thing you could ever ask a human being to do. Yep. Um, and uh, Gao is just like a wild guy who was raised in on the Velt, which is just like this like savannah where all of the monsters you've fought before live and he just goes gow gow i'm gow and hops around and he sucks i hate him so much gow is the worst yep. it's basically a human pikachu yeah i guess so um i just think that the stuff with his dad just it, it's played really really weird and i don't understand how, how like I'm he, so- his dad like just completely neglects him but he's okay like he has weird closure about it and i never understood that scene i hate that scene so much because they're right on the edge of making it good and they fuck it up i mean it's just meant to be like a comedy uh fucking like what's it called uh my fair lady riff right yeah yeah but but like his dad still is like i don't know i don't have a son what are you talking about i don't have a son like they're right yeah. there. All he needs to do is say, "I don't need him. I've got my friends in the party." You're like, well done, uh, you did the story. But no, they just go, "My dad's alive. I'm happy. I'm Gal. I'm a fucking idiot." And I'm like, "God, I hate you, Gal." Yeah, they don't really do much for Gal. And they lock the scene where everyone has to go dress up Gal, which is a fantastic scene because Gal doesn't talk in it. Uh, behind having to get him in the world of ruin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for Gal. Uh, now we talk about my favorite character, the actual main character of Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. Uh, Celez, like general of the Gestalian Empire, uh, would-be opera uh, ingenue, uh, Magitech Knight. Uh, she's the best. Uh, so a bit of the background on Celez, because I did all the reading about stuff. Like She is meant to be like a Joan of Arc figure. Or like that was like one of the like suppositions in that she's like this young girl who was given all this magitech power because like she she's the only other character that has magic but she like learned it through all the magicite and stuff the same way that you eventually do uh back when they were like experimenting on it and i think there's something in like the character background where like the first magitech experiments are what drove kefka insane like he was the first one who's like i can use this stuff to become magical and that's why he's crazy uh um and she's like the second version but she's also like one of the three generals of the empire it's like her it's leo who is like the most stoic fire emblem ass character in final <laughs> fantasy yeah and, and is uh, appropriately murdered just for shit it. joker yeah uh and it's like i like this idea of this girl who is like way too young to be this general but commands all this respect and is like also of that stature who then they basically play as like, is she a spy or not? And originally she was supposed to be a spy who like decided that she didn't want to spy anymore, but the game never act like, it seems like that was dropped in the like final script uh, uh, where like I feel Kefka like... just fucks around and calls her a spy. And everyone's like, Oh, we're going to believe Kefka. Cause why would you ever do that? Uh, I feel um, like uh, I, I took the first reading. I was like, yeah, no, she was meant, to, she was told to do this. Uh, Cause she gets away so easy. Like, and Locke's an idiot. Like, Locke is the person who would fall for that. 
I mean, that's fair. But uh, no, <laughs> she, like the actual script doesn't actually ever say that she was spying. No, and I, uh, I think that's the smartest choice. But I, I read it the first way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the opera scene, which we'll get to a little later when we talk about the actual broad things that are good in this game. But uh, she takes over in the second half because she washes up on the shore in the world of ruin and is like has been asleep for a year. And uh, Sid had nursed her back to health and then uh, Sid dies and she tries to kill herself. And then she's like, I can't do that because fate won't let me. So I might as well fight Kefka and assembles the team. That's and is clearly the main character. It's uh, <laughs> clearly the main character. That suicide scene is just heartbreaking. That's oh boy, really... that was hard to play through after Oof. the election. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like Sells a lot. I like. I don't like her love story the lock, and we've talked about it plenty. I don't think it makes any sense. And like, she doesn't really get a whole lot of like character work in the second half that isn't around Locke. So like, that part sucks. I just think the idea of her as a character is like really evocative in a way that like Tara to me is just like the prototype of Aerith in a lot of ways. Oh, and no, Sela is, is of... like a wholly unique character to me. Oh, so mad at you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't call Sela as a wholly unique character. Like, I really like Sela as well, but we just played a game in which you played as the, uh, like, general person who betrayed the Empire and had to go fight them. It's not, the, like, it's not the same thing. Like, her story arc is so different. Oh, sure. But, like, every character in Final Fantasy VI is, uh, like rpg trope like one. oh sure like they're all it's this character and the game is designed that you will mm-hmm. hate some and like some like it is very broad in its appeal deliberately yeah and like in the same way like tara's whole half human half uh magic creature is very similar to cecil's also in a different way yes yep uh like the two of them represent different aspects of cecil's story arc in a lot of ways yes. and that's why uh, i call her tira <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, <laughs> I think you're looking for Tina. <laughs> yeah, but that's but, not, uh, yeah, I, I like. I feel like we've made your objections about Sela's like clear unless there's something. Else I don't have objections. Say. I really like her. Um, uh-huh. I just have objections to like her and Terra as like who is the center of the story because I feel like Terra leading everyone out at the end is the big like that's the cap of the story is Terra saves everyone and sacrifices mm-hmm. herself and then comes back. Because we've had enough death. Yep. Is that all for Sellers? Yes. We can okay. basically Destiny. skip through the rest of them because there's no one else Wait, who what, matters. Who else? What do we? Who do we leave off? No, I will. We're gonna go through the rest of them in short, but we will be short. Yeah, because oh. we've, we've done the big ones. <coughs> so next is Kingdom Hearts 2's own Setzer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The most Nomura ass fuck. I can't believe that before Nomura was the guy, he was able to get away with a guy who was just the most Nomura wank of all time. Yeah. Uh, I think Setzer is like a cool idea for a character, though. Oh, I'm pretty very likable. Yeah. But come on. He, uh, he flies an airship that is also a casino, and that is the best idea. I love that, like, you walk around and you see all the casino games, but you can't play any of them. And Nope. That is a tragedy. He uh, uh, he tries to kidnap Sellers and then lets her go and joins her when he realizes that she's like out conning him. He's like, "Man, you're cool. All right, join my criminal team. <laughs> we'll save the world." Yeah. And, and then he gives up when he doesn't have anything to fly because he just do- he just doesn't he doesn't get the rush anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, which leads to one of my favorite actual like scenes constructed wise in the game is where you go into Daryl's tomb to get the second airship and you get these amazing like vignettes as you walk down the stairs of Setzer's past with Daryl. And it's just like a really well edited, like well constructed thing. Uh, that just really surprised me. Like that stuff, that vignetting is like kind of also the stuff that happened in the coin, uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm surprised the game doesn't lean into that stuff harder because I think it's like the game when it's its best self in a lot of ways. Uh, I agree, but also uh, like a lot of what makes this game and um, many games of like this era really cool is the fact that they could just build scenes as one-off things. Like they don't have yeah. a vignetting system that they use. They have this scene which is built this way. And were if this if they used this like technique where you're going down a place and then images appeared, uh, any, like multiple times, the effect would be lessened. So I don't know if I'd like I would want more stuff like this, but also uh, so much of what is interesting about six is the fact that it just does all these really small one-off interesting moments, like the opera, like uh, the mm-hmm. stairs, like all these things. Yep. Uh, then there's Shadow, who would uh, cut his mom's throat for a nickel. As you're introduced to him in the bar at, with a line of dialogue that says that. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, Shadow is the cane of this game and that he bounces in and out of your party about a dozen times. Yep. Uh, and he's kind of like a weird Final Fantasy reference in that when you discover his backstory, he used to be a thief and now he's a ninja. And that's how the character of Thief promotes in the original Final Fantasy. Uh, and uh, that that's it, I guess, except that he's uh, he's secretly Realm's father. I didn't like that all that was super hidden. It yep. would have made that character more interesting. It would have made Realm more interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, Realm is a little girl who can paint, um, and what she paints comes to life, which is a very uh, Earthboundian thing to do to me. Uh, like, that whole scene in, uh, like, Os- Osmond's, I don't remember his name's mansion, is, like, feels very Earthbound to me. Mm-hmm. Uh where you're like walking up to paintings and the paintings come to life and attack you. Yeah, I uh, thought of that too. They're like, it looks really lifelike. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Realm also has maybe one of the best comedy scenes in which she demands to sketch Ultros. It's and, so uh, good! <laughs> and Ultros says no, and then she threatens to kill herself in despondency because Realm is the best and knows all the angles working these dumbass adults. God, oh yeah, I she's a total manipulative child is great jackson were you gonna say I something say i love her and that scene is perfect it's the yeah uh, i'm there sad are other though cool realm moments in the game but that scene is why realm is great <laughs> yep she's just like underwritten that's all yep yeah well you know her grandfather strago has nothing to do <laughs> he's <laughs> even worse yeah um uh, the the interest uh, one bit of trivia he is the oldest human that you play as in a Final Fantasy game. How old is he? He is seventy years old. Oh okay. That's wow, the shame. Anime dead. <laughs> yeah, I know he's like actually that's old. That's actual mm-hmm. old. I thought mm-hmm. he was like fifty four. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, he's he's your blue mage. Blue magic is a. Uh, cool i guess but like in a game where gao has all those skills and then there's also blue magic and then also like realm can control monsters like that's too much too many enemy skills you can really tell that they completely designed the story and combat engine on the two different directors in this game (laughs) yep uh and then there's mog 
Uh, this is the first playable Moogle in Final Fantasy, and Mog is cute. Mog has even less to do, but is adorable, and uh, weirdly is, like, on the box of the American version and was, like, part of all the marketing. And there's the, that commercial that will be in the show notes that you should watch where Mog is, like, the only character that they play in the commercial for this game in America. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I mean, Mog's... And he inexplicably has a New York accent. He's very cute. I mean, I guess that was it. It's like, he's cute and we associate Moogles with Final Fantasy, so let's just use it. Yeah, he's the mascot. Yep. Uh, Umaro is a Yeti. That's it. Yep. (laughs) And uh, Gogo is a Mimic, which makes Gogo super powerful. And Mimics were like a hidden class in Final Fantasy V that you learn from the great Mimic Gogo that you fight. And then they give, it gives you the Mimic class. Uh, And that's it. That's all like that all. That's all the Gogo does. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Gogo is genderless, which I think is cool. Yep. I like that about uh, Gogo. I just don't yep. know anything else about Gogo. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's uh that's all the characters. There's also shit Joker, I guess. Yes, there is. Banner. Who uh me and Jackson had a discussion just yesterday, no not yesterday, I guess that would have been Friday, about whether or not uh Kefka is the best Final Fantasy villain or just the most Final Fantasy villain? He's the most Final <laughs> Fantasy villain. Because he was basically, he was on a bunch of like best villain lists. And I snarkily said, it's not best, it's not most villain. <laughs> I've been following video games for most of my life. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, as a villain, like as an actual interesting character, fucking sucks. He's just the most evil broad strokes year jrpg villain but they use that really well and understand that no he's just evil and when you get to him revealing his motivation in the end as every villain does in their monologue his monologue is i hate everything <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. have a tragic backstory i mean i guess he does but like that's not the key of it like sephiroth is a character who you uh feel sympathy for he is someone who um exists because of explicit like state violence and uh like a cycle of capitalism and ecological damage that he is a victim of and representation of uh and that, uh, i guess ultimisha is just a villain but like, i don't know i can't remember i mean even ultimisha even ultimisha has like stuff that goes on like mm-hmm. But, like, you think it, like, that game is mostly based around Adia as, like, the villain, yeah. and she has a ton of motivation well, that, that isn't... That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, Sifa and Adia, who are... Like, Sifa is first set off as who you think is going to be the villain of that game, and then is totally not. Mm-hmm. And then Adia is like, oh, this is the actual villain of this game, and then is also uh, totally not. <laughs> and then they have... Yeah, or if you, if you think of, uh, if you think of, like, Golbez, like, yep. Golbez totally has motivations and interesting things about him. Yep. Uh, Kefka is just fucking evil. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like that's a very rare thing in Final Fantasy. Uh, like I played mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts uh, about a year ago, and that is also similar in how it just is. Th- this is the broad JRPG story. He this person believes in darkness. That's what they are. Um, I love Kefka. Man, just wait until you play the other. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> I know, games. I know, because I've only played Kingdom Hearts one, and so I'm like, oh yeah, Kingdom Hearts. That's just JRPGs, but really simple and distilled. <laughs> That's what I think of Kingdom yes. Hearts as, because I'm the only human who only knows Kingdom Hearts one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like I like Kafka as a character and a shit bad guy. Uh, but I I think he's going for something very different to almost every mm. other fantasy villain. Yep. Uh, 
So, do we just want to freeform the stuff that we really like that we haven't discussed so far? Can we talk about the real protagonist of this game? Uh, the music? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matsu. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fake, I'm glad you This did. is... This is maybe, well, like, it definitely is the most ambitious Uematsu score, but it's probably his best work in that it is, like, the first one to really use leitmotif as, like, a character idea. Um, And because of the construct of, like, characters introduced in, like, very playbill-style, like, character introductions, and there's that opera that's, like, in in many ways, like, kind of the narrative linchpin of, like, to me, like, in many ways, that's where the protagonist handoff happens, even before the World of Ruin. Mm -hmm. Um, I, like... So much of this game is built around this operatic structure where, like, every character has a theme and then it ends with, like, this, like, orchestral prog rock nonsense <sighs> religious fever thing with Kafka's battle theme at the end, it's which amazing. is so good. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, which, uh, if, if you, if we, this podcast ends and you're like, why are there still 12 more minutes or 17 more minutes? Is it because you put it's all of Dancing Mad there? All of Dancing Mad at the end of this podcast. Oh my God. You, you, Please enjoy. you fucking, God damn it. <laughs> hey, it's either going in here or it's going in the music episode. The music episode's already too full. That's true. Do, 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 do. Yep. Uh, but, um, yeah, this is like one of the best soundtracks in a video game. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say top five, maybe I don't know. Like that argument could be made. Like it's it's fucking yeah, up there. No, for sure. Um, I love it so much. I think the uh, final half hour of this game is some of the most impressive uh, video game music composition ever because it's just what like as soon as you get to Dancing Mad and then like kind of before and after that, it's basically just one composed piece from beginning to end because uh, the control is almost all taken away from you like there's a few text boxes you've got to hit through but it's it's pretty much just a scene and because it's not uh, something like eight where the scene is just as long but way more visually ambi- uh, ambitious uh and it goes like in a bunch of different directions in some weird like oral horror um yeah but so it's it's just all this operatic finale as some things happen on screen, but the music is doing a hundred percent of the heavy lifting. And yeah, it, it's it's characters running out of the final dungeon as it collapses, as we get like still <laughs> shots of their weapons, and it's just all the musical themes. It's, yeah, every musical theme comes it's together. Really great, and everyone evacuates, and then it gets to the moment where uh, like Terra falls down, and everyone watches her like basically die, and you believe it because every single ploppy of this game until you destroy Kefka has been the most like operatic tragedy and so the moment that Sellers uh sees that um the fastest ship in the world was able to catch her and uh the music does that swell and we go into the big final movement is it's stunning and the game ends its victory lap as they fly around playing the original Final Fantasy fanfare and I'm like this is the most mm-hmm. moving thing uh it uh, I remember saying to you when I first started playing the game that it felt like a finale to the ideas of Final Fantasy in that Final Fantasy 1 is a game that's a fantasy video game and finally we've in this very specific post-magic era I like the world of this game a lot uh, and ending on that Final Fantasy theme really felt like uh, at least in the acknowledgement of that it's the final SNES game uh, it's the final game in uh, this kind of um world at least until the explicit throwbacks of uh something like tactics of nine uh mm-hmm. 
and yeah it ends real strong to me and the music is why Yep. Uh, one of the things that I I liked a lot was you asked me early on why does the why does the game open with those like horror strings and the lightning, and I feel like that's a question that doesn't need to be asked once you finish. Yeah, that. yeah, that was great. Like I asked you that too. I was like, why is this open like a Castlevania game? And because <laughs> uh... <laughs> that, that is how Kefka is introduced descending from the heavens like Lucifer. Yeah, it was so exciting to hear that and go, oh. Okay, I see now. I see it all now. Uh, I also like that once you put in your save, like you save your final save, uh, the clear data, it, it shows that your uh just sets there. It just saves you. Really? Yeah, like the the save data, when it go- goes through, it just saves you as sets there. Oh, great. Like just on the airship, I guess? Yeah, I guess. Like I didn't like click into the game, but... I was mm-hmm. like, huh, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, I just closed the emulator and was like, I'm done. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> the end. I was curious uh, about it. But I don't know if that I don't know if that clear save is in the original. It might be a GBA only thing. Mm, yeah, okay. We played on the GBA translation. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, which is a slightly different translation. I guess we should have affronted with that. There are mods that you can download that will change the colors and music back to be more representative of the SNES game, but with this new translation, it is how I recommend playing the game. Uh, for one, like all the all the like spell names are wrong in Final Fantasy three. At least for someone playing in 2016. Um, But also that game is like full of bugs, most of which they patched out uh, as they made the new version. Uh, Uh, Every time I went to check something on the Final Fantasy wiki, I uh, became horrified as all of the screenshots are from the iOS version in that game. That's the default version of the game. Yeah, there is the iOS version, (gasps) which has the right soundtrack and is like the the, uh, GBA translation, uh, but looks fucking terrible. It's downright offensive. It is awful. The sprite work in this game is beautiful. It is amazing. Yeah, it's like some of the best. it's the closest sprite work has ever gotten to Amano's actual art style. Yes. Where like not only are like the character sprites really expressive, and we've talked about that every time we've talked about one of these games, how much like the pantomime of the sprites like brings to the story. But the enemies that you're fighting and like the environments you go through are just so baroque and over designed in the best ways. Where like, but in that game you're you're not fighting monsters, you're fighting like entire tableaus of imagery, mm-hmm. and it's so good at that. Yeah. It's it's excellent. Uh I I love it so much. Because uh, so should we talk about the octopus? Yeah. We can. It's really funny. <laughs> Remember that in the collective memory of Final Fantasy, the opera is the most moving, important, emotional moment of the game, and everyone has a lot of loving nostalgia for how serious it is. And in the actual game, <laughs> the fucking octopus shows up to drop a four-ton weight on your heroine, but it will take four minutes like four for him to properly accomplish that. He declares it. He does declare it. Yeah, so you the know. Because the starts, it's just like, do, 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 do. And then he's like, ha, 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 I will stop them. I am here. And I went back to, like, get the letter and it had gone. You can't actually, like, uh, beat Ultras's plan. He has to do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, I don't think of that as the highlight of the game's uh, narrative or even like, uh, in, like. Oh, I know. But like, in- remember when we were when we were gonna play Seven? You're like, oh, I feel like I know what that game's about, and then you realize that everyone remembers that game wrong. I feel like the opera represents how everyone remembers Six wrong. Yeah, well, I didn't know anything about Six, but I knew there was an opera in it, <laughs> and I yep. knew that it was 
uh, incredibly like this huge scene. And I assumed that that meant that it was a big pivot. Like I knew there was an opera, and I knew uh, Kafka was an asshole. So I was like, oh, Kafka kills everyone at an opera, and that basically happens, but in a completely different scene. <laughs> uh, no, instead, you all fall from the rafters into the opera, and then sing along as the opera ends. <laughs> and and the like uh whatever the guy's name the opera leader person of the, i forgot his name the impresario. the impresario that's it i knew it had a word uh i know i know i'm sorry uh he is like uh yeah tune in next time to find out what happens between Locke and setzer the duel of this opera <laughs> plot twist everyone <laughs> and then it just fades out uh, i never tried yeah, going back it's there so good I don't know if they reference that. Uh, if you... There's not really much going on there, and like uh, in the world of ruin, there's like a one of the eight dragons is there for you to fight. But you you uh, never find out like what happened with that, <laughs> do you? Yeah, no. Okay, nothing. I don't know. And like, I, I don't know if you know if you went back to the uh, battle arena, but Ultros is like working the counter in the world of ruin. Yeah, he's just I like saw an employee that. now. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I'm like, oh, that's where he went. Yep. Because, like, in, when you're landing on the floating continent at the end of the World of Balance, he's like, this is the last time we're going to fight. And he was right. He told the truth. Yeah, I always expected something in the World of Ruin, but he's like, oh, it's been a year. I'm doing, I've got, I've got a sort of gig now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Ultros is great. He is hilarious and good. Yep. Uh, I hope. So, is that Final Fantasy VI for us? I believe it is. I guess so. Uh, everyone had a good time. Uh, you both liked it more than me. I have, like I said, I have a lot of weird problems with that game that have to do with when I played it, and I think the f- the second half doesn't hold up as well as the first half. But it's a it's a good game. Like it's when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's a good game. I'm glad I played it. But man, I don't ever want to play it again. <laughs> yep. Made me really happy. Final Fantasy talk, and now we're in questions. And our first question is about Final Fantasy. Hey, I have I have a question, what? Jackson. If people wanted to send us questions, how would they do that? Uh, you would either at me uh, or M on Twitter at uh, headfulsoff or em underscore being, or if you've got anything more substantial, write 
uh, to the email address podcast at abnormalmapping.com and we will answer here on the air. And uh, we've got some questions from Twitter, which are some shorter, goofy questions. A uh, couple from Mark. Mark says, what's the weirdest summon in any Final Fantasy? Uh, weirdest summon. Doom Train? And Doom Train's pretty up there. <laughs> Doom Train's Hades? up Not Hades. Uh... Like, uh, <laughs> fucking Sephiroth summoning something that is a meteor that destroys every planet every time. <laughs> That's just annoying. I wouldn't call it, like, the weirdest. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, if like Tonberry is probably, like, the weirdest, actually. Tonberry. Fat Chocobo. Yeah. Uh, the comedy ones. Yeah. But, like, my, my I think my answer is probably Doom Train. I, ta- I think you just make a train hit someone. That's weird. Wait, I take it back. It's all of the ones in Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's the horse that turns into a motorbike. Uh, Dumbo? <laughs> yep. Yeah, all the ones in Kingdom Hearts is probably the actual right answer. Kingdom Hearts, you're cheating. I'm just saying, they're summons. It's, it's basically a Final Fantasy game. Right. Uh, they also ask, who's the horniest protagonist in video games? Uh, excluding Leisure Suit Larry is a thing we clarified, because, come on. Okay, yeah. I have I have two potential answers. I'm going to let you guys go first, though. Who's the horniest? Destiny, do you have anyone horny? Uh, Who be uh, horny? I don't know if this is my expertise. I mean, Edgar was pretty bad, but I know there's worse out there. Jackson. <sighs> hmm... I feel like there's one answer that I have that you could totally take. Like it could be Yosuke, but I I thought you meant I thought this meant playable characters. I do none of my choices were Yosuke. Okay. <laughs> um, good. Uh, I don't know. Like my brain when I was thinking this went like, hmm, Naked Snake, not Big Boss, but Naked Snake, and then I went off on a whole thing about that, which you can go to my Twitter feed from today uh, and find that. But I don't actually know who like the horniest is. Like Dante? Uh, I think I think my answer is Geralt of Rivia. <laughs> no, sorry. So yes, it is the person who collects sex cards and not as like a creepy thing, just because he is earnestly into sex this much. <laughs> yeah, no, you can collect almost two dozen cards of ladies that you bed in The Witcher, a video game that you can play. Uh, they don't have the, that mechanic in the future games, unfortunately, but uh, you can you can still bed ladies. Yep. I'm so glad. Now they just now they just poorly animate the cutscenes like a Bioware <laughs> game instead of giving you a sex card. The sex cards were way better than fucking watching people fuck. The horniest protagonist the in video the... games is the people who on Twitter who play Bioware games. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about The Witcher is that they didn't actually show any sex scene. It was like fade to black and then you just got the card. And that was way better. <laughs> um, I like Geralt being like, yeah, got my card. Anyway, goodbye. Thank uh, you for your time. <laughs> My other answer was any Bioware protagonist. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, everyone uh, in a fire. Probably specifically ending. Commander Shepard, I guess, but, you know. Uh, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store in Citadel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Fucking Bioware sex scenes are the worst. Don't do uh, it. The answer is Venom, uh, Venom Snake. Punished Venom Snake. Punished Venom Snake. It's not. I mean, is it? I don't know. He has a horn. Oh, <laughs> fine. You're the fucking worst. I hate you so much. Sorry for reminding you about late era Metal Gear. 
Next question. Next question. Okay, let's scroll up to Dylan's goofs. Okay, good. What's the best birthday in a video game? Uh, Parasite Eve, the third. Oh, how many people are gonna get I hate that I get that. I hate that so much. Yeah, I, I can don't never get play it. a video game again. I've been in this too long. Uh Becky replied to that tweet saying, Best birthday ever, lightning, Final Fantasy thirteen. Uh she gets a knife and then like her village is destroyed. I don't think that counts as the best birthday. No. Is that what's a good birthday in a video game? Like I don't know, like when you log on to Animal Crossing? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Animal Crossing I, I, is the that, one that immediately that jumps to mind. That was going to be my answer. <laughs> it's the one. Yeah. I, I guess we have a, a, an actual D- real does answer. Does Cosmic Cure you ever celebrate a birthday? Well, we'll it's find probably out. that I'll one. I'll let you know if... Uh... No! It'll have to be, does one of the kids at the orphanage celebrate a birthday? <laughs> yeah, what's, when's Haruka's birthday? <laughs> oh, man! There's uh, six of those games uh, with Haruka in. we got to... We'll let you know. We'll get, come back to this. Yeah, It'd probably be in six, if it, or in five, if it was in any of yeah. them. Uh, okay, and which real place that has not been used before would you set a dumb open world game in? Uh, Omaha, where I live. Yep. Yeah, no, that's your I answer. was just talking about this the other day. We were watching somebody play yeah. Watch Dogs and talking about how it looked like their town and saying, oh, this is where my grandma buys her yarn, yada, 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 San Francisco. And I was like, I wish there was an Omaha game of this because I would have so much fun. Yeah, I was watching um, the the Giant Bomb Quick Look of that. And at the start of it, Jeff said, uh, uh, lots of games have like purport to be like, exactly realistic. And I don't understand the value of, of that. And I'm like, that is clearly the perspective of someone who lives in a place where lots of video games are set. Because when I played The Getaway, which is a fucking absolutely awful video game, but it has a one-to-one... Uh, like, the streets in The Getaway are all real streets that exist in London. Exactly. There's no attempt to condense it. Uh, and that was fantastic. Like, it's just cool to do. It's cool. It's the same appeal of, like, loading up fucking... Uh, google street view and just walking around the place i i wish more games i uh, just picked uh i guess my dumb f- uh, faker answer is anywhere like anywhere if you are authentic to a real place that is always going to be interesting especially if it's not been used before in a video game uh that's the end of the twitter questions uh we have one more question here from jackson tyler oh uh you know they like the podcast yeah. i feel like they should uh like contribute more i don't know mm-hmm. yeah fuck off uh and uh, uh jackson asks um the release of well, i don't have it written down i was going to do a question voice but i don't have i didn't have it written it it is just a thing i wanted to talk about which is uh with Watch Dogs 2 and uh, titanfall 2 and like to a lesser extent mafia 3 uh being games that do lots of interesting things that have uh, been talked about a lot in spaces but every time that we go to like look at a video of them uh, or something we're like oh this is just the shooter with titanfall 2 or this is just the open world game like the things that are interesting are buried under so much um like just uh standard genre video game work that is hard to appreciate those things unless you are deep into modern video games in a way that we're not because we approach like for the podcast we played so many things from so many different eras that an open world game that has some things better than the other open world games that just doesn't cut it and i don't think i'm just i want to just talk about that topic a little bit and ruminate on it because i don't understand how uh 
like how uh you're gonna like recommend to another human who never has played a video game hey you play this because it's like all the other video games except it's better at this thing um hmm. and I, I was i was thinking about that because that's not how i like think of films i guess it can be how i think of films like you would only recommend horror films that are incredibly genre but do one thing interestingly to like people who are really into horror films but these are supposedly the horror is maybe actually the only genre of uh film that actually follows this model yeah and it's a very specific thing and these are or at least pretend to be the uh big video games to everyone even though they're clearly not anymore in 2016 (laughs) Um, I want to start this with an observation that I was complaining to you about when I was uh, playing The Witcher 3. I was watching like coverage and stuff of when that game came out, and everyone talks about how, oh, this is The Witcher, but now it's an open world. And they got away with selling the game as being an open world, even though it is categorically no different than how The Witcher was. <laughs> because the difference between The Witcher and The Witcher 3 is one is a big game and one is not. And nobody played The Witcher, so nobody like realized that that game also has all of the same kind of open world elements and structure. It's just like a slightly smaller, much older PC game. So nobody played it. So nobody cares. So nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like the amount of like, just like actual ignorance around like what games are, what they could be because everyone's chasing like the three games that came out in November. I don't understand. Like there's a, like we talk about this all the time, but like, I'm really proud of the fact. And I think it's like a really good idea that more podcasts could do that. We play old games that we go back to things that like maybe have, like a cachet around them, like our binary domains and what and uh, Metal Gear Rise. I, we didn't play Metal Gear Rising with the cast, but I played it this year because Jackson urged me very hard to do it's so. Very good game. Um, it's not, um, but uh, <laughs> um, and like the fact that games as like a culture doesn't really value that in a meaningful way. Like I know that people in the space totally do go back and play old games, but rarely are they talked about and written about and given those kind of thoughtful pieces that aren't from like freelancers who do that as like their gig. And I think that's like a really tragic thing because when you think like the only games I can talk about are the new games, like it just limits the kind of things you can discuss because the new games all kind of do the same stuff. Like despite what genres they are, like they're all kind of chasing the same zeitgeist of where like the demographics are at and where people are playing and buying games. And like, it's boring. It's boring like even those games are good like there's four of them and they're all kind of the same so why talk about any of them yeah i i think it's a shame i wonder what destiny would say to this because uh like as someone who like explicitly does not follow video games in this way like if i showed you well i guess you, you watched some of watchdogs 2 and said this game is interesting because it's like um it's an open world game but it's got these like goofy things and is kind of smart about how it approaches um whatever i, I don't know i can't remember i haven't played it myself so uh, but I've heard uh, like Austin Walker talk about it, and he sells it very well. Um, but if I just sit you down in front of that, would you be like, "This is cool"? Like, what do you what do you think of it? What is um, your reaction to it as someone outside of the space? I watched the gameplay. I watched mm-hmm. a couple of people play through it in different sites, and I actually thought it looked really fun. Cool. Um, I like the idea of those characters specifically, like in that type of game. Um. I like an open world game because you don't have to follow the plot of the game. You can just run around and do dumb stuff like buy potato chips and get cute t-shirts and uh, steal cars. Um, That's what I mostly did when I played GTA games. So I'm fine with that. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Could you ask me another specific question about it? Um, No, I just wanted to know how it like came off. 
Um, oh yeah, no, it just it like it didn't look like anything new or exciting. Don't get me wrong, but like, um, <laughs> eh, you know, I I just and, felt like, uh, what was the main thing I thought? It looked like a nicer version of something that had already come along, and that's essentially what it is. But in the mm-hmm. end, I was like, I probably wouldn't buy it because, uh, I've you know, I played the old games like it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I thought of, and I don't think it has a whole lot to do with your specific question, but uh, it came up, and I was thinking about it, is the the uh, idle thumbs from, I guess now it would have been two weeks ago, where Chris was talking about Titanfall two, yes. and so much of the game's conversation about Titanfall two is like, oh, the story's crazy. There's like this moment, and it's like so weird and wild, and like we can't. I don't want to talk about it, but it's really cool. And then Chris just goes in and like. Idle Thumbs is like people who make games, so they don't really follow a lot of games coverage. They just kind of like play games that are like that, like people are talking about on Twitter or that are like sold to them through like Steam ads or whatever. And like, oh, that looks cool. I guess I'll buy it and play it. Um, and so Chris was like, yeah, and Titanfall 2 was really good. And I got to this mission. And it was like, oh, is time traveling everywhere? And that was really crazy. I didn't think time travels in this game. And it's like the thing that people were like talking around for three weeks leading up to that. And because Chris wasn't part of, like, the hype cycle of, like, previews and, like, talking around spoilers for, like, six months after a game came out, he just bumbled into talking about what people were like, this is the moment where that game has changed into something else. And that kind of honesty and, like, approach to games as what they are and not, like, this idea of them, like, as, like, pristine media that has to be kept until people buy it and experience for themselves is really uh heartwarming to me like it's what you sh- what games culture should aspire to be just willing to talk about what games are and not buy into this idea that like everything has to be behind a goddamn spoiler tag until you play it for yourself uh and buy the game pre-order it now so you don't miss the like hype cycle you don't want all of the pictures of persona to spoil persona for you even though you know exactly what fucking persona is it's persona uh, <laughs> i mean i'm way more like i i think i'm i i don't like to see spoilers for games i want to play but also uh like i think the problems uh goes away when everyone isn't playing the exact same game and everyone isn't playing the games that just came out like once you open Mm -hmm. yourself up to um like a wider experience of things that are on offer then you don't have to worry about playing the game before the spoilers because like people are just playing things they're interested in and it's not such a narrow view and i get that we're gonna have that in like our sex of twitter just because of the economics of how you can stay in games writing uh but it doesn't Mm. become less of a bummer knowing the systemic causes of it (laughs) but like like the from everything i could like i've garnered from people talking about it like the weird time travel stuff in titanfall 2 is like a mechanic in a level and like it might have some plot relevance but i it's like just a mechanic that is introduced like mid-game right yeah i mean uh finally i understood why it was interesting in that idle thumbs talk because i'd heard people talk around it but it is specifically the fact that you time travel to places to do platforming in onto walls that are not there in one world yeah but like if that had been like a mechanic in like an itchio game, people would write an article selling you the fact that, hey, this is a cool game about time travel where you do that sort of stuff. It's like, you know, it's like a platform which you have to use phasing through spaces to platform. But because Titanfall is a big game, it has to be like the thing that is talked around for at least a month before after it comes also, out. Also, uh, like that design is every single get le- level in like Mario Galax- Galaxy <laughs> Mario Galaxy has that like uh it's thing that is that is like a mario mechanic is this level is built around this thing we introduce it we twist it like the four stages of the i can't remember what they're called but you know mario design um yeah and 
the idea that this becomes a spoiler in this game <laughs> is so insulting to me because basically what it's saying is there aren't any other things like it. Like it has one thing yep. that a game that another game would do every level because that's how it's designed in one mm. level. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, like one of my favorite things in uh I think it's Mario 3D World. It might be land, but I think it's world is there's a level that's like here's 100 seconds and the flagpole is like right in front of you. You're like what why yep. is this a thing? Oh, and when you go up to get to the flagpole, the plague flagpole flies away. It's and it's like one of the most amazing beautiful. like fuck you Mario moments. <laughs> but like I don't feel bad telling you about that even though it's supposed to surprise because every level in those fucking games is a surprise on some level. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always something weird and interesting to see. And, like, knowing that they're coming doesn't rob you of the delight of experiencing it. And it doesn't rob the game because there's a thousand more things. But, like, speaking to, like, Watch Dogs 2, because Watch Dogs 2 is just GTA, but the characters are nicer. And, like, one of them is black and it's about black experience. And that's cool because there's not enough games like that. Like, it becomes a thing that becomes, like, important, even though it's just another one of those. Mm -hmm. Like, on a lot of ways. Like, the thinness of the things that are cool about the game, it elevates the things that are cool about the game to such a level of importance that they seem bigger than they are. When in a game that Mm -hmm. just had them would just be tenants of, here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like when every game is the exact same game, like the differences stand out and become life and death, even though they don't matter to anyone who isn't in that bubble. (laughs) Yeah. I would agree. It was just a thing I was thinking about. Getting introspective about games culture. It's what we do. Yeah. Uh, So that'll do it for us this month. Uh, Next month, we have a special planned for you. We have a music extravaganza. So there's going to be no game club. Please enjoy that. There might even be two episodes. There are going to be two episodes. Unless something goes horribly wrong with our planning. (laughs) There are going to be two music episodes because we've played enough games that have good music that we have two episodes worth of music to give you. Expect one mid-month. Expect one towards the end of the month. Uh, Jackson's putting them together and we don't even know what they look like yet. So let's hope it works out. And tune in for our game of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will talk a little bit about game of the year, I guess. Chameleon run, 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 run. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Worst game of the year. Chameleon run. Where can we find everyone? <laughs> Destiny, where are you? At FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter.com. Um, you are doing a comedy show very soon. No one lo- local listens to that, but do you want to plug it anyway? Sure. Uh, De- uh, in December. No, 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 no. November 29th, we will be doing a show at the Luka- Lookout Lounge to raise money for the ACLU of Nebraska. Um, and if people like your work, they could also find you on a new social media platform. <laughs> no, they can't. They shouldn't. They could. I mean, if they you want to, I'm crack. on Facebook, but it's no, no, don't run. Don't run to that. You don't have to. Jackson, where can people find I you? I am at Headfalls Off on Twitter. Uh, at com is where you can find this podcast. Probably nothing else at the moment. There might be eventually, but not now. I'm a very busy time. Yeah. There are big plans, but they're all 2017 yes. plans. Uh, you can find me at EM underscore being on Twitter. Um, I might follow you back, you know, as long as you don't talk about the world ending too much, because I can't. I've muted so many people for this exact thing. I just can't. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes. Uh, I think I think on Stitcher. I don't know. Uh, leave us a review. Go to... Go to the YouTube channel and watch some of our videos, and maybe we'll start making videos again someday. <coughs> but there's certainly oh, none going out shit. right now. That's um, a threat. No. <laughs> in a week or so, I can do Mega Man again. I'll have moved. I know, no, like, and that's good. But like, you know, 
I'm I want I want to guilt people into going to our YouTube channel and watching our. Videos. I know, but I just got excited about the hell that is my life at the moment ending eventually. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we'll be back next month for more video game talk and a lot of good tunes. So please stay good, eat some turkey if you live in America. You know, you know what? Wherever you live, eat some fucking turkey. Uh, go see Moana. That's what we're gonna do on Thanksgiving. Or a mashed potato. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, mashed potatoes. If you don't eat meat, uh, tofurkey. I don't. I think tofurkey tastes like bad hot dogs, so don't do that. A field but roast. A field roast is really good. Like, you get a field roast. A green bean. Um, yeah, green beans are great. Uh, you know, some uh, some uh, cranberry jelly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't get any. I should have got some. Have a good holiday. If you celebrate it, Jackson, have a good move. We're out of here.